This is AI Podcast, not artificial intelligence, agency intelligence. Our team's going to be 10 times stronger than all the other teams. A platform for agents. When people think of niche marketing, they're thinking so small scale. In real life agencies, sharing their thoughts. All you need to do is get in front of more people. To transform an industry. Better coverages, uh, better pricing, just better everything. Real. The difference between givers, takers, and matchers. Agents. I guess I took a slightly different path coming to the agency. I know a lot of agencies. You can partner your clients with those companies that are looking for that specific target market. This is AI Podcast. Are you ready? I am. Let's go. All right, all right, all right. Welcome, everyone, especially you loyal listeners, to another episode here of Agency Intelligence Podcast, where I give you a real agent inside a real agency, giving you the real agency intelligence and not the artificial that they try to make you believe out there. This is Cass, and he's back with my boy B.Y., also known as Brett Young. How are you doing, brother? I'm good, man. Good to see you. Yeah, what is it? Uh, Urban Young? Is that right? Is how I say that? That's right. That's right. That's right. right. And, and it's eight. It's not H E R B for all you loyal listeners out there. I mean, it's it's really Brett. You want to hear a funny herb story? God, what a way I'd to start it. off a podcast. Just thought of this, right? So I'm 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 uh, oh man, loyal listeners. If you're at IAOA, you know this. So I'm the keynote speaker. I'm I'm leading off. I'm doing a great job. And something I always say, Brett, that I I say it every time that I speak. Every time I say, hey, a lot of you may think that, wow, where does Jason think of all this stuff, and how does he think of all of it? And I say, and I always say, it's always on my back porch drinking two bottles of wine, right? <laughs> I, I say that every time, dude. On the stage, Brett, I said, well, you guys may think that I wonder where I where I, or be thinking where I think of all this stuff from, and I just want you to know it has to do with the two bottles of weed. <laughs> I literally said that on stage, Brett. It's incredible. And I said it on stage. Like, does it? It does it depend on where you're. It depends on where the stage is. More that that's acceptable, I guess. Right. Nine thirty in the morning, and I was looking around, and there's a bunch of white people. It's probably not a good idea. But no, dude, I'm telling you right now, it was. It was. I couldn't believe it. And it's one of those things, Brett, that your mind is in a situation where it starts reacting quickly because it's thinking to itself. Do I double down on this and like act like I meant to say it or do you back <laughs> up and you're like, whoa, whoa. And, you know, and in the middle of that, you're thinking and you're weighing the odds and everything in a split second. And it was uh, it worked out pretty did well. Did you lean in? I did lean into it and people thought it was funny. And when I walked off, I'm just like people are, are <laughs> you know, hit me tweeting about this, like two bottles of weed for Cass. I mean, I couldn't <laughs> believe it. And then I find I, I oh, oh one of the things I did say on stage is I said well listen if you're a loyal listener you probably already know or understand so yeah dude what a way to start out the podcast but that's a true freaking story I couldn't believe I did it Brett how are you doing my friend that's awesome I'm good man I'm good it's yeah a good day you know we were talking um it, it, some of the podcasters like to say in the green room right I guess there's th this the uh, we're supposed to have this green room where like we have all right. this cheese and wine and stuff or cheese and weed but 
really it's during the day. It's during the day, Cass. Ease up. But no, the cheese and wine and you guys share all this stuff, you know, but no, we really didn't. But before we were talking, um, Brett, and one of the things, loyal listeners, we really want to concentrate here on this podcast, besides all of my rants, is the fact that we were talking, Brett, about how the basics of of the industry out there really Number one, they should always be taught, right? Continually being taught, but they're getting kind of overcrowded, or 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 the the, the noise is loud, louder than what it needs to be out there, and it's overshadowing some of that stuff. Is that right? Yeah, I just think it's it's a great thing because there's so much cool stuff that's happening. There's so much new everything, right? So it's exciting, it's exhilarating, it's cool. It's just every day you turn around, there's so much information to to gain, but uh, you know, the the mechanics of building a business are very similar than they were 15 years ago. Mm-hmm. You've got different faces for stuff. You've got digital platforms instead of, uh, you know, analog platforms. You know, mm-hmm. you've got networking inside digital landscape instead of networking out in the in the community. But the basics, the fundamentals of building a big business and scaling a business, you know, are are. are are still very much intact, and I think it's easy to get distracted with all the latest and get you know, you know, we were just talking about tech, and there's a huge opportunity with all this tech coming on board. But even then, it's like those should enhance the they should enhance the fundamentals, Amen. right? Until you have the fundamentals, you know, you're kind of putting the cart before the horse. And I, you know, obviously everybody does it different, but I think there's a lot to be said about you know, understanding and, and practicing good fundamentals. And I think that's the same way in business. I agree. I agree. And and that is that that's actually some of the good news if you really think about it, because, and what I mean by that is, is the good news is, is that a lot, a lot of the basics are all the same and will always be the same. Um, and I think sometimes that that's when we get doing the same thing all the time is when we get bored and then we start looking for these other like shiny objects out there. Um, sure. but, but as we were talking about with indie sales, uh, for, for all the loyal listeners right now, it is October 18th. It's 12, 19. It's our lunchtime. Actually, it's my lunchtime. It's he's an hour ahead of me. But, uh, the, the, the thing that I, that I wanted to, to, to remind everybody is that we, as of right now, you're probably going to hear more about it. There's going to be Indie Tech 2023 that's going on in Indianapolis and it's for independent insurance agents and technology for agents and brokers so they can find their independence. All right. Uh, that's enough. That's enough on the indie, Jason, and the marketing. But it's got to be that way, you know. A friend said to me, Brett. They said, they said, are you really going to take it to Indianapolis? I said, bro, it's all in the marketing. You got to go to Indianapolis at least the first year. Come on, man. It's in the marketing. Got to work this year. It's true. I learned something. Well, I, le- I learned one thing from Trump. So, anyways, so so the 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 thing that got us thinking about this was the indie sales. Is that first day they're going to have um, uh, uh, Mitch Gibson and his group? They're going to have young agents. They're going to be teaching them sales and like. They don't want to talk digital. They don't want to talk all this stuff. They vocally have said it. They want to get like to the basics. Like that's one thing I think I'm starting to see that we're forgetting about in all this technology and get the young people because they can do digital marketing mm-hmm. and all that stereotypes that we throw out there. But at the end of the day, are we really like, and I'm questioning this about myself. Travis and I were talking about sales in our office, which we think can be better than, they're way better than they were a year ago, but we think they can be better. And it comes to us as like, well, the accountability we know is a lot stronger, but the training maybe not be there. And then we're thinking to ourselves, well, where do we get that training? And, And not just the training of marketing, but back to the basics. And I want to wrap all that together, Brett, to say this new content you've been putting out has been kind of 
going there. And I think that's why a lot of people are really gravitating towards some of this stuff you're doing. I know that's a lot, but give me your thoughts on well, that. I'm humbled by that. I appreciate that very much. So, you know, it's like anybody puts out content. You just, you hope that it resonates with uh, the people just like how it resonates. You usually put out content that's important to you and hopefully somebody sees value. True. But, um, you know, the one of the big concepts, um, my partners, Rod Taylor, uh, I have two partners in the agency. We talk about doing what duplicates and not what works. You know, it's easy to do what works, but doing what duplicates is one of those things that's a little bit more, uh, it, it's it's like the devil's in the details. Mm-hmm. The, the more simple, the, 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 the more simple or, or the simpler that you can make something, uh, the more genius it is to an extent. And I think like sales or marketing or team building or any components where we say, okay, I've learned this, I've mastered this, uh, now I'm good. You know, where we come back a lot is to say, okay, we might be good, but you know, are our core leadership, are they good? Do they understand this as well as we do? And if, and then, so it's about duplicating that, right? It's about what you said, it's about that training, right? And then at that point, can they teach it? You know, they're modeling us, we become the mod, you know, the, the, the mentor in the relationship, they're modeling what we do. And then hopefully at some point, if they've learned it well enough for themselves, now they can teach it. And getting that to duplicate and go, multiple levels is very difficult because it gets messy, right? Mm-hmm. If you've ever played telephone, you know the mm-hmm. you know, you know how it works, right? It gets lost in translation. So even though we can learn these things ourselves and think that we go to a conference or go to an event or attend a webinar or sit with somebody for an hour and they teach us something that we have it, that's not mastery. And mastery is a lifelong process. So if you just brought up sales, so I'll take sales for an example. To think that we understand sales and we're done is just it's misguided. It, it's it's one of those things like if you're a professional basketball player, knowing that you know how to dribble the basketball, so you don't do dribbling drills. That that would be misguided philosophy. That would lead you into a place where that would probably cause some pain. So I think a lot of the basis and the fundamentals of what we do every day from an agency standpoint. First of all, it's a business, not just an agency, right? Mm-hmm. Like you, these these skills are transferable to any industry that we go into or that we're talking to. It just so happens that we get inundated with the the insurance portion. Mm-hmm. But you know, sales and all those different marketing arms and all those different components. You know, it's one thing to know them yourself; it's another thing to be able to teach them and then have somebody on your team be able to teach them. And I think that's where I think you can have some explosive growth when you can do that. Well, and there's a, this unique thing about us as a business, though, as as an industry and agency, because as you said, a lot of those basics are the same. There are these differences. And the fact that like a sales organization that is dependent upon the next sale has high purpose, high driven sales training, right? Because we've got to stay on top of our game. It's so easy for us, especially as insurance. And this is for you young agents and and, and even the veterans. We know this. It's so easy, Brett, for us to like... Just be like, well, sales isn't that important because we're still getting paid on the one we did four years ago, right? So that drive to that sale is not so big there, right? It allows us to get a little bit lazy. Maybe I'm... Right. I mean, and it also like the container, like the the actual culture that you're around. Are you in a sales sales centric culture, right? Yes. uh, If you're around five or six people and they are driven by numbers and they're driven by doing better than they, they did the month before that and outdoing their numbers from the year before, that's that's a, that's a very healthy environment because that's going to produce results. One of the examples I would give is like, you know, if you, if you put a, if you put a plant into a pot, that, that plant is only going to grow up to the, to the level in which that pot is, right? Like mm-hmm. it's not going to, it's not going to, 
it might not get as big as you want it to get as far as the pot is concerned, but it has the opportunity to get that big. But if you put it in a small pot, it's only going to grow to the level and size of which that pot is. So being around an environment that has a sales centric culture or that has that different mindset, you know, is arguably just as important as the actual mechanics itself. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It is. It is. And, and I think that's what we're missing today in, in the rear, in the world. And, and one of the things that when I talk about training, one of the things that got, I am speaking of this, not as an, as an old dude, just as a realist, these online courses are great and they help, but there's nothing like being in a classroom, learning eye to eye with people as they're writing on the board, you know, and you're going through the boring ass King James version part of the policy where you're reading all this damn wording and stuff like that. You know, I mean, that's how you learn though. That's where it's at. And I can say that my own education in insurance has faltered in the last two, three, four years because I have been taken out of those classes. And then like when I go to the IAOA or I go to applied, right? Or I go to ITC, I go to these, these conferences. I'm not really truly learning anything about back to that sales basics, the things that I did. One of the things I have not done in the last year or two, but I did this Brett for like 13, 14, 15 years. Every January I went, I read the 21 irrefutable laws of leadership. I don't know why I got away with this. I, I, I guess I could blame COVID, but I really don't know because it was every January I'd read it. And the 21 Irrefutable Laws of Leadership by John C. Maxwell really kind of taught me that like, if you know the way, the basics of life and the laws of leadership and the laws of anything at a basic form, you can kind of predict the future, right? Mm -hmm. You know how things are going to happen when you see that law or someone journey down that. Any favorite books or any thought? Have you read that book? I have read that book. It's been a minute, but yeah. um, patterns, right? Like patterns. Life is just a series of patterns. Amen Business is just a series of patterns. People is just a series of patterns. And if you study patterns, you start to notice the same things over and over again. Mm -hmm. And if you start to notice the same things over and over again, we can predict what comes next. Sequencing. So no, that's that's a great thought. And I think so much of uh, of everything that we do, you know, we sh you know, of course, there's stuff that happens that we can't predict, but the majority of what we do is actually very predictable, very predictable, right? Like, and that's why the surprises, you know, hurt so much because we almost come accustomed to, you know, mm -hmm. being able to predict what's coming next. So yeah, that's a great, that's a great thought. And from a leadership standpoint, that's even more difficult because the weirdest people in the people are the weirdest units ever. They just don't mm -hmm. on like the micro, if you looked at like one or two different people, they don't, it doesn't seem like there's a pattern, but if you look at a hundred people, there's a very distinct pattern. There right? is the, the variable of, you know, the, 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 the variance, or I should say, uh, gets, gets significantly smaller once you have a large amount of people. And if you knew, if you knew what those patterns were, you know, how, how much more successful would you be in influence? How much more successful would you be in recruiting and team building and, mm -hmm. uh, attracting the right type of people to your business? I mean, that's a, that's, it's awesome. The law of the lid is the one that, uh, got me thinking about what you were saying with the pot, because he shows in a graph that you can only be as effective as certain things. So there's certain things like you can grow, you can become as smart as you want and or you could be as strong as you want, whatever. But if you if you don't have leadership capability, those things are all put into a lid and your effectiveness yeah. is proportionally to the to the amount of your leadership. It's so strong. Let's talk about that's team so building, good. dude. Yeah. I know that's something that you and I have talked about on the side and you've uh Tell us about a little bit about your agency. When did it start? You know, uh, how, how'd that go? 
By the way, I just want to say that that leadership clip just now, you're going to have to send me that. It's so good. Your effectiveness is only as good as your leadership. Mm-hmm. I 100% agree with that. Um, yeah, so we started, what, 11 years ago now? A little over a decade ago, mm-hmm. which is crazy. Um, and we started, we were a scratch startup agency. I had, uh, a, I had a background in a supplemental benefits uh, for about five years, got into the PNC space for a year and um, just was in an environment, a pot that just didn't make sense uh, for, for, for me. And uh, my business partner now and his wife were going to come work with me at that agency. Uh, it ended up not working out. My brother was getting out of UCF, go Knights, um, at the school at the same time. Uh, and he hated this internship that he was in. So he was like ripe for the picking. <laughs> we always gotcha. joke about it all the time. He's like, whatever I got to do to not do that, I'm in. <laughs> so... Um, I, yeah, so I we went and interviewed a bunch of at a bunch of big box agencies because we wanted to build a business inside of a business. I knew how hard it was to build an independent agency from scratch; like it's not a small feat. Mm-hmm. Um, and that just it just didn't jive, man. It just there was just the, the culture didn't fit what we wanted to do. It just wasn't going to be a good fit. So we had this crazy idea of starting it and just starting one policy at a time and doing it. And the three of us set out to do it and realized how hard it was about a year in and then three years later finally figured out that this might actually work and then um (laughs) five years started doing you know pretty well and then fast forward today um we've got about 32 team members um we'll open our sixth office at the end of this month which is super exciting um and we're all here in um in florida that's awesome so you guys work out of the same building so we've got our well, Rod Taylor and I do <clears throat> here in Orlando. That's where I live. Mm-hmm. Um, but we have a Melbourne office that's about an hour and a half away. We have a Jupiter office that's about two hours away south. Um, that's they're separate, obviously. Uh, and then we have St. Pete office. Um, and um, but you and, so, you and Rod you know, we're spread out. all together though. Yeah, we we're we're consolidated. Right. Obviously, we're running around all over the place mm-hmm. and seeing everybody. But as far as the day to day is concerned, you know, we do get to grace each other's presence in the halls of the same office, which is super cool. So you guys are none. Of, I know all three of you, and none of you guys are egotistical. So take this the right way. At what point in time did you realize this is more? If we're gonna go where we need to go, this is more than about me and Rob and Tay, uh, Taylor. We're gonna have to invest in our people. We're gonna have to build a team. What was that? When yeah. was that? What you do? Remember when that light switch clicked on? You know, man. Yeah, because that's a. You, you, obviously, you're talking. You know, it's tough because you got three. You got three people. Mm-hmm. You got three mouths to feed, right? right? You're like, okay, how does this work? You know. Um, fortunately for us, um, the business that we had built beforehand and we had worked together, we really learned a lot of the team building components uh-huh. that we still implement today. So we knew from day one that we were starting an agency to build a big agency. And it was much more about the team building aspect of what we were going to do rather than, uh, you know, us putting up big numbers. Obviously we've all put up big numbers and we've did that. That's the first step, right? That's, you know, you gotta, you gotta be able to do it first. But from day one, like beginning with the end in mind, you know, it was always one of those things was like, all right, we have to build the scale because, you know, in order for us to, you know, do well and have the three of us do well, like we, we've got to build this thing to scale and, you know, we just knew that obviously to do that, that was going to take, you know, more than just us. Yeah. Hello, loyal listeners. Hey, are you a local agent struggling to find markets for your client? Maybe you, maybe not. 
Look no further than Nation Brokerage Solutions. With over 200 carriers, their comprehensive options give you what you need for your customers' ever-changing needs. With NBS, as they say it in the cool world, you can confidently offer a wide range of options to better support your customers and grow your business, A.K. agency. Don't settle for less. Do more with NBS. For more information about Nationwide Brokerage Solutions, visit nbsbrokerage.com. Cast certified. And so where was you, are you guys commercial lines people or commercial lines? What do you do? So Taylor runs our personal line side. Rod runs our commercial line side. And then I basically run the company and help both of them obviously grow those departments. Um, but uh, our commercial is about 30% of our business and our personal line is about 70% of our business. How did you guys commercial, determine? Oh, sorry. Sorry. Commercial. I was just saying, so commercial came on about five, six years after um, gotcha. we started and we transitioned to that. So it's a little later in its, uh, you know, in its bloom cycle if you will how did you and how did you three determine you the leadership structure god that's a great question a lot of conversations it used to be just the three of us mm-hmm. you know there was no hierarchy of i mean we're equal partners right. so as far as hierarchy concerned like we all make the exact same amount of money we split everything um that somebody writes a big account it doesn't matter you know like we don't we don't do that it's we're equal equal partners but from a hierarchy standpoint, it came very clear after reading a lot of Jocko's books and a lot of that leadership training yeah. that like this, there's no chain of command. Yep. Like, and we, be, because of not being ego driven, you know, we didn't want to put one, you know, a hierarchy above the other because we are equal partners. We got this business to be equal partners, but we realized that the lack of chain of command was calling, was causing inefficiencies in our business. Right. I mean, the chain of command is not an ego thing. A chain of command is about operating efficiently, which helps everybody. So, um, at that point, probably about maybe five or six years ago, um, we just decided that it was going to make sense to delineate a chain of command, um, and it just ended up being the way that it is now based upon all of us unanimously kind of figure out where's our skill sets, you know, where's our skill sets and where are we going to be most successful? Rod's a big business. He comes from really large sales environment before he came into insurance. You know, he's run big sales teams. He's, he's done really big contracts. I mean, it just makes sense. He's a, he's a, he's a whale hunter and he's really good in that space. My brother is very, he's a point guard by trade as far as uh, basketball is concerned. He is very, uh, check it off the list. He's very, um, tactical. He is very call the, pl- you know, run the plays exactly what it is, He's, wow. you know? So, and then I'm a little bit more of a big thinker as far as strategy is concerned about connecting all of these pieces together. So it just made sense for us to do that way, to run the business better, but it was kind of tough, man, to be honest with you, because, you know, you do feel a little bit of a, you know, you just, you know, we're, we're equal, right. we're equal. And, you know, for you to delineate that is, is almost counterintuitive. It feels wrong. And, but I can tell you, our business has seen a exponential increase Absolutely. because of that change. The great paradox yeah. though, because it's, it's uncomfortable to you guys to have that conversation, but it's, but it's a very uncomfortable thing to your team to not have that conversation because they're sitting there going, who really at the end of the day is going to fire me, right? Is it going to be Taylor because he just decides or does Brett override him, right? And and maybe, maybe that's still that scenario still happens the same way. But to them, I think it's one of the most yeah. unnatural things that we do. Yeah. Um, so here's what I explain. And I bring this up for a reason because this is something that – 
we, we listen to the Simon Sinek's. We listen to all these people who've really probably never ran a business in their really entire life, and we right. think that they're the god of all this. But it comes down to the point in time, I tell my staff, I say, we stand shoulder to shoulder. No person is above or in front of the other. Now, if the government decides to walk in the door, I have to step forward, right? If they say, hey, who's in charge here, right? I have to. But that was my thought from the beginning. And I realized, I don't know, two, three, four years back, that shit don't work. Especially when you start getting a lot of people. Like, I still explain it that way, but they also have to know as an organization, here's exactly how it is. Because Travis and I are 50-50 yeah. partners. Same as that okay. thing. We're 50-50 partners. Travis yeah. is a very unique guy. He's 10 years younger than me. And he told me after we got together and we really started going and we were going to come together as partners. He told me, he said, I'm all, this will always be your baby. I'm, I'm buying in and we're going to grow it together. But at the end of the day, I'm always willing to play second fiddle. He, he said that he sent me an email. It was a fantastic email. He sent me after Christmas one day. That's cool. And it was, and it wasn't him saying you're in charge. I'm not. He was just like, Hey, listen, we're going to be organizational to be with as a operating a team that we're trying to grow we've got to yeah. say somebody over the other and how yep. we always say it is i'm the managing partner and then he's the senior partner and that allows them to kind of understand that i am the one that i'm i'm just like you brad i'm really not involved in the business as much as people think that i am um people wonder where i get more time to work my job is to train the commercial guys not to mm -hmm. not to not to judge their sales and stuff. That's Travis and that's Jeremy and other people that are their sales. But but I feel as if when it comes to nonprofit commercial insurance, I'm able to train them in a way that's very different than than a lot of that other stuff. So that's a I think one of the biggest gifts you can give your team is clarity. Yes, right? there's there we go. uncertainty and a lack of clarity creates uneasiness. Mm -hmm. And I 100 percent agree with you that it's it's not fair mm -hmm. to your team. To say, yeah, yeah, no, just talk to any of us and any of us and we'll all, you know, we just share it. And, and that was my experience prior to this when I came from the agency that I was at. And it was it was a family agency. And how many independent agencies are family agencies, Lots. right? So, and they, they don't want to create this chain of command, which I like the word chain of command. Because chain of command says it's not about above or below. It's a matter of series of and a sequence of decision making that allows you to move in a systematic way. Love you know, that. so they don't but they don't they don't want to delineate a chain of command because then that might hurt somebody's feelings mm. or put somebody on the defensive. And it's like if we can all put our egos in a box for a second and draw this out how you would draw it out if we were a publicly if we were a publicly traded company, how would we draw this out? And have that level of accountability and that level of non-biased, you know, it, it would give every team member clarity to say, okay, if I have this issue, I need to go to Taylor. If I have this issue, I need to go to Rod. Or I need to go to, you know, my team lead first and then the team lead reports to Taylor, you know. So, and that level of clarity allows you to move faster. And yeah. that's what you're looking to do, right? Decision making quicker, faster. And think if Rod got upset by this. So, you, we're going to prevent, you and Taylor are going to prevent doing what Rod, because you don't want to upset Rod, but yet the other 30 people are going to be upset mm -hmm. because you didn't do something right. And I think agency owners, if you really just step back and listen to that for a minute, if there's conversations you don't want to have and you have 20 people, 10 people, 30, 50, the more it's the worse. We're, we're, we're really yeah. not wanting one or two people to be inconvenienced while everybody else is, is inconvenienced. That's, that's real powerful. That's good stuff. 
and there wasn't like big time issues with it, but I can tell you, um, you know, Taylor was, was, was one of the biggest components to pushing this, you know, and I mean, here you got to talk about a non-ego, right? We're equal partners. Like, look, here's the way that I think this should be. I think it should be this way. And we're like, ah, yeah, but you know, are you sure? You know, he's, and he pushed it and, and it was one of the best decisions we've ever made. Yeah. But the point is you don't have to wait till there's problems and an employee screaming and saying this, I don't have clarity. This doesn't make sense mm-hmm. to me. Who do I like? If you, if you don't have a chain of command, regardless of if there's issues or not, you are, you're, you're, you're limiting your growth. You, you, you really are. And you're going to, it's, it's very difficult for an employee to operate in an environment where they don't have clarity on who they go to for things, let alone, you know, who's in charge of different things or, you know, if there's an issue or something like that, you just, it's a hundred percent agree with you, Cass. You're, you're doing your team a complete disservice. Mm-hmm. You're 23, 25, 26. I'm going to ask this question two different ways. You're 23, 25, 26 guy, gal out there, but you know what you know today, Brett, what are you giving them in advice? They've been in the business about six months to a year. They're kind of liking it, but you know, they're in and out. What are you giving them in advice? Wow, what a good question. That's like the loaded question. Mm-hmm. Um, so if I was to go back and tell myself, let me let me, let me me frame it that way. Um, number one, I would say it's worth it. And it doesn't look like it's worth it until you're at least three and a half, four years. People say give things, you know, I said, people say give something five years. I think you need to give the insurance business 10 years, mm-hmm. candidly. I mean, mm-hmm. I, you, and, and so I, I would, I would tell them that it's worth it. And if you can learn the skill sets to be successful here, you have a path to unlimited. I mean, there's literally no, there's literally no ceiling to what you can do. And I, and I, we talk about this all the time, relative income versus absolute income. I'm not talking about absolute income. Absolute income is how much money you take home. That's only one component of, of means. Like that's not what we're after. If I'm, if I'm after income or if I'm after uh, uh, monetary value, that's only to gain other things, right? So, but the things that this business gives somebody, if you're a young person, is just the flexibility, right? The time freedom, the autonomy, uh, the pride. You know something that 99% of the world doesn't know is going to rely on you. You're, you're, you have a noble cause. You know, you're, 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 you're helping somebody restore life when the most devastating thing happens. You know, you're a member of the community that's uphold. You, you have. Uh, you know, there's just, there's all this centric stuff that's centered around creating an incredible life for yourself. Um, it's engaging, right? Like it's always changing. Uh, it, there's all these different components that give you, um, relative income, not just absolute income. Um, you have leveraged in this business. If you want to build a team, if you want to build an agency, you, you can, you can, you can exponentially increase the value that provide. There's just so much to this business that I just can't see Mm. in other industries. Mm. So I'm just such a huge, huge fan of deciding that this is the business that's going to give you what you need. And then just stop looking around, stop Mm. looking around and see if there's another way. Like you're in the right spot. I think financial services created more millionaires than any other industry in the, on the planet. Mm. And you know, that's the play that's that we, that we play. So, you know, you can be average in this business and do really, really, really well. So uh, make a decision on this is for you. And then use all your energy to become great at it. You know, me, um, 
you're you're so smooth and you like it and you're caressing you know the English <laughs> language and words and I get just because I can't even think about it any different is that I realized that when as I got older in this business that I was told a bunch of uh, uh, and I, I like to use the word lies because it works uh, but it's it's not lies it's it's myths tr- mistruths right right like it was told that. Um, that the more carriers I had, the more business I would write. That that's mm. not true. That's not true. Right. Um. You know the 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 just different things. Okay. These things that we've been told, and I and and I and and I I want to write a book on it, right? Because it, what I want to say is is that believing those things, you know, as you said, uh, kind of in a way like uh, letting other factors attribute to you uh, helps you. Well, does it help you? prevents you from knowing the five truths of insurance. And you talked about them. As you were saying them, I was clicking them off. But the five truths is a flexible schedule. To be able to never miss one of your kids' games or whatever is important to you, you know what I mean? Unbelievable. Maybe you have a mental condition that only allows you to work 20 hours a week. You can make a good living in this industry working 20 hours a week. Most agents do. Um, (laughs) The the second thing thing is, is financial freedom, right? I say it all the time. I've met people I'd never thought I'd meet. I've went places I never thought I'd go, and it's given my family a life I never thought that I'd give them. That's that's the God's honest truth. The second thing you said, uh, or the third thing, is a, co- a community contributor, right? Being a com- tr- actually contributing your time and your resources and your money to something that's given you so much or is giving you so much. How great is that? Empire builder. Mm-hmm. Right, you get to mm. build your own empire, and the great thing about mm. working in an, an empire is you get to build your own little piece of the empire, or the pa- empire doesn't grow. Right, you're not just you're just not doing this job that's meaningless. Like you're doing something every day, no matter who you are in the agency. Right, and then the fifth thing is mentor, and I believe that if you don't, if you do, if you listen to the noise that's out there, it's going to prevent you from finding those five truths, and those are the five truths of insurance that make it just the greatest industry God has ever created, right? I think that's I what you were that. saying. And all those words you were spitting out. Yeah. It's those... so much better when you say it though. Yeah. yeah. Well, <laughs> I like I the way that. you say you it. It just sounds like, like we're going to sit here and fall in love with each other. That's why I guess what it is. So anyways, <laughs> but anyways, so Brett, I didn't realize it, dude, this has been such a great conversation. We've been 32 minutes and I try to keep these now between 20 to 30 minutes, but uh, I don't want to cut it short for you, loyal listeners. I promise me and Brett will do this again um, because wow, I really am blown away. It's been 32 minutes. I thought it was like 15, 20 minutes long. That's crazy. Um, anything that you want to say, Brett, that we that we didn't talk about? I feel as if there's a lot, but uh, want to respect. I just love what you're doing, man. I just respect the community that you're building. I just, uh, I'm, I'm, you know, the people that I've met just from, you know, kind of the platform that you've put together, and you've aggregated such quality people that all want to get better, and yeah, not be, not only be better agency owners, but just be better people. So I'm, uh, I'm thrilled to be on. I just want to tell you, keep doing what you're doing, and I just appreciate it, man. Yep. You're doing, you're doing, you're doing great work, and people appreciate it. Well, thank you very much, Brett. I appreciate it. I really, truly do. I am building some excitement, uh, so that you mention it, I'll mention it. March 22nd, loyal listeners. Get this, Brett. March 22nd of July 3rd, or 2013, I produced my first podcast 10 years ago. We're almost wow. 10 years. 
I've produced 800 and some plus podcasts. And I got to tell you, little listeners, I don't know if it's 800. I think it's more than that. But I knew that was the last count like a couple months ago. So I'm just saying that right now. But I'm going to have an exact count for you. And I'm so excited. I can't believe, Brett, it's went so fast like you and I's conversation was to sit back there. And actually, truthfully, the matter is I really actually did two podcasts before that. But I did it on video. And then I would strip off the audio because I didn't have a device in 2013 that would record just the audio like we have a million of them now. So I would record myself on my camera and then I would strip off the audio. And that's how I would produce my podcast back then, man. That's unbelievable. So yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. People have no idea how unbelievable that is until you're actually trying to do it and running an agency. (laughs) But I, I appreciate it very much. Thank God for people just like yourself. If there's anything I did, I was able to create platforms so people like you, Brett, could really come out there. There's a lot of noise right now. And I'm hearing a lot of great things about you. I really truly am. If loyal listeners, if you're listening, be sure to follow um, Brett on LinkedIn. I don't know. I'm not. Are you on Instagram? Where else are you putting out your videos, Brett? LinkedIn and Instagram. Okay. See, I'm not an Instagram dude, so I'm not seeing him there. Um, I love it. I don't know if it's the, the video that people are shooting in or the way LinkedIn puts it, but it like puts your face real close but your body's close have you noticed that it looks differently the video or is it just me no i think it might be you cast 10 yeah. years of podcast yeah. i got to you cast <laughs> forgot, forgot what video looked like but no 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 seriously this is on youtube so there i mean dude to be honest with you our, our downloads of audio are going to be way down on this brett the video youtube is going to be up because everybody wants to see your sexy ass okay i mean the guys are talking about how they need sales training the girls are like yeah i want sales training but i want it from him because uh yeah i can get that sales for training from him so anyways brett all right Hey, any publicity is good publicity, right? So. I say that all the time. The Sunday of Super Bowl, when Janet Jackson's breast was exposed, her album went to number one the next day, right? Any publicity is good publicity, as bad as that may be in this world we live in. And people may abuse that a lot, but gosh, that's the truth, Brett. That is the truth, and we'll take anything we can get. So anyways, hey, I want to tell you all you loyal listeners, you know what I do because I do it for you. Tell me your thoughts and tell me your ideas, and I'm going to tell the world what you have to say. This has been JC. He's been BY, and we are OUT. Hey, agents, listen to this. Listen to this. What are we terrible at? Think of it. Think of it. Really? We're, we're terrible at training, right? We're not very good at hiring. We're not very good, terrible at firing, actually. Uh, terrible at creating process and some workflows. Terrible at technology and implementing that technology and even knowing what type of technology we want. And the list goes on and on. Now, listen, I'm an agency owner. And I, you know how it is to, to fix a problem. The first thing you've got to do is you got to admit you have a problem. Here's what you do. Go to virtualintel.com. Check out what we do because we do all those bad things that you can't do. Really? And you may do one or two of them well. Good for you if you can do them all. Just want you to know you're in the minority. But if you can't do any of them good or you don't even want to do them anymore because it just takes too much mental power, then good for you for realizing that and give us a call. I'm telling you, virtual intelligence, that's what we do. And where we specialize in high quality VEs, not virtual assistants. Look it up. Go to ChatGPT. Put in what's the difference between a virtual assistant and a virtual employee. Enough said. I don't have enough time to go on and on about all the differences on this 60 second commercial. But you've got time to search it and look at it. 
That's what we do. We deliver high quality VEs. We mix the technology with it. We train them on the technology, give them and the technology to you, and you're off to the races. I'm not joking with you. You can call my agency at any time, ask for Lordland, and we do ask her, say, how fast are you able to do quotes? I've actually got a couple videos of it. That's right. We can do five to 10 carriers in one quote in three to seven minutes. So you give me an auto quote, I can do five to 10 carriers in three to seven minutes. How are we doing it? We're doing it through the technology of virtual intelligence. Give us a call, check us out. You can ask for me personally, I'll do the demo for you. Who are they? Cast Certified.